0: well hello hello welcome to tao intentions podcast today's guest is dr tiffany ross on today's topic we will be discussing healthy versus unhealthy relationships welcome dr tiffany ross
1: hi orchid thank you so much for having me back on
0: (laughs) well the audience loved you why not
1: awesome awesome
0: i'm honored (laughs) wonderful So for this podcast episode, we will be discussing healthy versus unhealthy relationship. And I just wanted to kind of go over a few questions with you, especially being as educated as you are on this topic. And also kind of, you know, give the audience a background on yourself as well and have them get to know you better in the best way possible. Absolutely. And uh, for the first question... Based on our previous podcast session together, we discussed self-love and speaking positivity in our lives. What stood out was your new platform on Facebook called Finding Your Relationship Voice Academy. Now I would like to focus on interpersonal relationships that you have experienced in your life. And how has your previous relationships defined who you are today?
1: Oh, that's a really good question, Orchid. Um, just to back up a little bit, you um, you talked about my, my Find Your Relationship Voice Academy on Facebook. Um, a little bit about that is that um, the whole purpose behind that is for me to teach women how to communicate what they want, need, and desire. And that simply stems from... Um, Pretty much my past and how I found that I was going into relationships not really knowing who I was and therefore not being able to communicate what I wanted, what I needed from the other person or what I desired from them. And ultimately the relationship would just end and not all the time end well. And I found myself in like this vicious cycle of well, something's wrong with them, something's wrong with them, and not slowing down to really evaluate well, what's wrong with me, why am I entering all of these relationships, um not being able to communicate who I am or not really fully knowing who I am. And so the way those relationships helped define me, or not necessarily defined me, but helped me to um, really slow down and not just evaluate like what's wrong with that other person, but what is wrong with me? Why am I entering all of these relationships with men who were just emotionally unavailable? So I hope that helped answer your question.
0: Uh, yes, it, it really does. And so there can be a blurred line between toxic and unhealthy relationships. How would you differentiate both?
1: Oh, girl, that's a good one. Well, when we talk about toxic relationships, because you can have a toxic relationship and it be unhealthy, and then you can just be in an unhealthy relationship and it not be toxic. So when we look at toxic relationships, we um, start seeing these cycles where um, there's sometimes abuse. A lot of times there's some form of abuse in toxic relationships. And um, one that really gets overlooked is emotional abuse. And that could be something as simple as name calling or a um, mind game. So we'd start seeing narcissistic um, patterns in um, toxic relationships versus an unhealthy relationship could be, you guys are just not in the same place at that particular time or you um, one person may be more advanced than the other or more further along than the other person and not willing to meet in the middle. So they're very different. Toxic is is, is really um, it destroys a piece of who you are.
0: Wow. I've never looked at it that way. <laughs> it yeah. just it just yeah. hurts the soul. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So So based on the previous podcast episode you had shared that your life experience had motivated you to pursue a career in therapy. Have you been in an abusive relationship before and how did you survive it?
1: Absolutely. Um, I've been in a, a few emotionally abusive relationships and it was so hidden um, because there was that name calling or those just those simple mind games and, uh, where I started to question um, who I am. And then, because I was so young and just so naive, I didn't know that it was emotional abuse um, until I, like, like, way later. Um, and being educated, you know, through my own personal healing journey and therapy, um, what an emotional abusive relationship is. And um, and so something that I I really carry um, for myself Um in relationships um, is learning how to enter into them being fully aware of who I am in that way I'm not sacrificing who I am my voice um, for the other person as when I found that I'm sacrificing my voice for the other person then that enters me or sets me up for an abusive relationship or an unhealthy relationship, and so how I survived it, I left. I, I think the last podcast we talked a little bit about how the teen mom and I dropped out of college. Um, I actually dropped out of college with my second son and had given up on life like, just given up completely. I, I was doomed for failure, I knew. That um, life was just going to be hard, being 18 and with two kids under the age of two, and um, and so I just kind of gave up on life. And oh my gosh, like just thinking about that time, it just takes me to an emotional place. So, but I'm, but I'm not going to go there. But I, um, it it was just such a hard time for me. And how I decided to get out of those patterns, those unhealthy relationships, the toxic relationship that I was in at that time, is I left. I, I just left town. I, I didn't really care about who was, who would say what. I just had to leave town. I knew that I had to make a better life for my children. And so I, um, without anyone knowing, I enrolled to go, go back to college, um, about an hour and a half away from where I lived And I started making preparations to get out. So and that's one thing that I say with people who are in in unhealthy or toxic relationships is start making your escape route.
0: Mm -hmm. Whatever
1: that means, like you have to start making and planning your escape route.
0: Well, your story does, you know, affect me a little bit. It does make me feel sad because you have such a genuine loving spirit and you're so kind hearted. So to hear that, you know, you've been through something like that, you know, especially in the last podcast episode, I was, I was a bit shocked and just yeah. saddened by it, but you are in a, a, now a healthy relationship.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With my husband, I've been married uh, for 10 years and, <laughs> um, and that relationship didn't start out healthy mm-hmm. it, because I still... Was learning who I am like I didn't know fully who I am and my husband too was just learning who he is and we're really coming into that and so it didn't start out the healthiest but one thing that we committed to do is number one make it work and to do the work we had to actively do the work not just with a couple like as a couple we both went to therapy as a married couple, but we also did our own personal work individually too by going to our own separate therapist.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that aspect because I do feel that a lot of people are under the perception that, you know, once you meet the love of your life and you are going to get married, that life is just going to be easy, that it's not going to no. be work. Yeah. And, you know, I also wanted you to, to you know, I love how you explained that part of the story, which is that, you you know, you both started out not so healthy because of maybe, you know, lack of identity at the time and learning who yeah. you both were individually. Um, And then, you know, came together as a couple and tried to figure out your communication language or the healthy way to build what you both have currently right now. And that is a testimony just in itself. And I really, yeah, I really wanted the audience to understand that relationships do take work. It's not something that just, that just magically appears. Both parties will need to put in the work. Both parties will need to figure out what they're struggling with and this is something this is a conversation I had with someone before where yeah. I said to them sometimes you might not know that you have these issues until you enter into a relationship with someone that you love yes and that That's person so yeah and that person brings it out of you it could be their spirit it could be their energy but you you start to develop something that you've never experienced before because yes. of the love and care that you have for this, this person. So a lot of people did not understand when I, when I said that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they talk about it in church when it comes to spirits and how certain spirits can, can bring things out of you,
1: yeah. but
0: they've never really broke it down and refer to it in a relationship format where they said, sometimes you'll meet that guy or that girl. And you're going to be fine up until you meet her and then all of a sudden you're going to be having internal battles with yourself. Yes. And one of those two people, the villain or, you know, the the hero, one of you has to win. Yes. So it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, you both worked on your marriage, you worked on the relationship, you built that foundation. And I also appreciated that, you know, your message did not allow other people to believe that oh just because the relationship started out unhealthy that there's no opportunity for growth
1: absolutely that's so good orchid and I, and I think too that it, uh, the way i look at relationships is that relationships are like a mirror And it's something about that mirror that reveals parts of us that we just really hadn't faced before. And so that person becomes like a mirror that reveals those unhealed parts or parts that we really need to face and deal with. Because what else is a relationship for if it's not for growth? Mm -hmm. The whole purpose is for growth and maturity. And if we're not able to do that in our relationships, then why are we there? Is it, a re- is it really a good, healthy relationship if we can't grow and continue to mature?
0: That's so I think very that's true. a really good point. Yes, I just wanted to kind of touch on what you did mention because it was very powerful what you said. And I, I feel that a lot of people don't give credit to people who can admit that you know they entered into the relationship that they have been um, in an unhealthy place. And both parties were experiencing you know, struggles within themselves and they yeah. serve, you know, they just kind of push through that barrier and consciously both people together 50 50 working yeah. together to make something work because there's no such thing as the perfect relationship.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'd like to say that people have to come in the relationship being 100
0: percent. Yes. Whole.
1: And, and I think that's one of the illusions that a lot of people um, tend to carry about relationships, that relationships are 50-50 and they're not. Relationships is about 100% of that person giving 100% of themselves 100% of the time.
0: So would you say that when you say come in being whole, would you say that as, you know, it's like a full-time job? Oh,
1: yes, <laughs> it is. It is a full-time job. Anything that takes work and that's worth working for is going to require a lot of sacrifice. And good relationships require sacrifice or some level of sacrifice.
0: All right. I know I need to get back to the questions, but I do have one question (laughs) for you. Yes. What is your thoughts and opinion about people that believe, and I've heard this many times before amongst men, that... Mm -hmm. Um, they're just looking for that girl who can just accept them for who they are.
1: Well, I would say to that, number one, do you know who you are? Cause I found, especially with a lot of guys is that, um, and I think people do this in general, that they require something of other people that they're not willing to give from themselves. Hmm. And I feel like with any relationship, you absolutely have to go in it. And I think you called, you said it. You said identity. Like, you have to know who you are. I, something that I teach for um, particularly women going into relationships is even knowing, like, what your future career is, or oh, the things about your personality, the quirks about your personality. You need to know a lot about yourself because you don't want to enter into a relationship with someone else and later find out, well, I don't, I don't really support this or that or I don't really want children or I don't really like children. Even if I want children, I don't really like children or I don't believe in um, traditional gender roles. So it's so vital that we know so much about ourselves. So um, to the guy who would say for the woman to do, um, what was it you said, Orchid?
0: Uh, Basically that they would just accept them for who they are.
1: Yeah, they have to be willing to accept the other person for who they are as well.
0: Well, just to touch on what what he meant a bit broader, because I believe that Mm -hmm. he did find somebody that... Accepted him for who he was, or he okay. believes she does. Um, for him, he when he says, accept me for who I am, he meant that he didn't need to grow. Oh. Like, he didn't need to change. He did not need to consider her feelings or consider what she needed. It was more, whatever I give you is what you should be happy for, or happy with.
1: Oh. I found
0: that toxic.
1: (laughs) Yes, very much so. And I would tell anyone who is with a partner like that to run. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Run. Relationships are all about growth and maturity. So if the person's not willing to grow and change and adjust or compromise, then that's just not a good relationship. It's not a good person.
0: Yeah, I I was very very disappointed when I heard that from him. I actually took my a step back from our friendship after that because I realized he do, he was just looking for someone to enable him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. That's so unfortunate.
0: Yes. All right. Next question. How would you define abusive relationships?
1: Um, well, there's different types. So there's sexual abuse, and we, we know that's any form of sexual violation, whether there's rape, um, and I have to say that because a lot of people, especially in marriages, um, also can deal with rape inside marriages. Like you have to to um, ask permission for that person to engage with you sexually, even if you're married. So there's sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, and that's insults, um, threats, any threats of violence, that's verbal abuse. And then emotional abuse, I like mean, we talk, touched on that a little bit earlier. Um, and that's that mind games and name calling. And then, um, the last is the physical abuse. And we know that's any type or form of, of domestic violence in relationships.
0: Okay. Can you provide a definition of unhealthy relationship?
1: An unhealthy relationship is any relationship where you feel like, um, you cannot communicate who you are or what is that you want from the other person or anytime you feel like you're um, not feeling heard and the person's not willing to um, compromise or um, it's dismissive or don't, does not recognize um, when you've expressed how you feel about a particular thing. Um, That's some characteristics or some things that you look for in in unhealthy relationships. Um, so not necessarily a definition, but more, more so characteristics.
0: All right. So have you ever been in an in unhealthy relationship and what have you learned from it?
1: Absolutely. I have, I, I think I shared just a little bit about my husband and I, um, coming into the relationship and we were both unhealthy, um, on some level or it was unhealthy, um, simply because I was still learning who I, who I was or who I am, and so was he. And so some things that I've learned from that, just the the last because he's the most recent relationship in my life that's unhealthy, is really how to communicate. um because that's one aspect of good good, healthy relationships is learning how to really communicate and having that mutual respect for one another.
0: Okay in your session with clients who are in unhealthy relationships what are some of the common patterns that have stood out
1: oh my goodness i um with clients i see a lot of trust issues Mm -hmm. um whether one partner cheated or another or there's some for some reason there's some lack of trust and i see a lot of communication issues and um respect issue. It's just not being able to, um, really have that mutual respect because relationships are really like at the foundation of any relationship, there's trust, there's, there must be mutual respect. And we have to know how to communicate so that we can resolve conflicts because conflicts will arise.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So as a therapist, do you feel that you are using the same tactics when working with clients in unhealthy relationships or does the tactic change depending on the client?
1: Um, I, I think it's more of a both end. Like, there are some tactics that are going to be the same. Like I'm going to teach all of my clients how to communicate the same way because it's just a better way like it's a best practice um, to learning how to communicate that you just teach everyone. But how I go about doing that is tailored per each client. Some people are just visual learners, some audio, you know, people learn differently. And so as a client, I have to tailor that towards um, how the client can best receive it.
0: Okay. So what do you feel has enabled unhealthy relationships in our society? And would, <laughs> would romanticizing be a factor
1: Oh, my goodness, that is so good. Like, that's a really good question. Um, In our society, I I really feel like we have to look at how we view women. And I think it goes back to, like, the traditional gender roles or gender roles in general. Um, I I feel like, um, as a society, we have a very double standard way of um, treating men and women so women are required to or have more requirements on them than we place on women and you also see that in uh, or on men, I'm sorry to correct myself but we also see these things in families too, like for instance um, I grew up in a very traditional family um, where men worked women at home, or women did more household roles, um, but what I see in my family, and you know, you feel free to share, you know, if you have any experience too. <laughs> but um, the men were allowed to do whatever they wanted to do. They could go cheap and come back home as long as they pay bills and put food on the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas the women had to make sure the children were taken care of the house were taken care of and and if a woman went to cheat oh it was the end of the world so we see these double standards play out not just in our society but we see these in families too
0: that's very true especially in specific cultures that's it's very prominent um it's it's almost like it's it's normalized for that to happen And that he's a a good husband for having babies with how many other women outside the marriage. And, you know, if he decides that he does not want to go back to his wife and he wants to stay with one of the baby mamas, of course she will get ridiculed for it and not not him. When I refer to romanticizing, um, some of these romance books that have been very popular over the years especially amongst women there has been Uh a few books where they've romanticized toxic and unhealthy relationships I recalled years ago you know borrowing a book from a friend and we were reading or I was reading this story about this woman that got kidnapped by this this Arab uh, prince and he brought her out to you know the, the desert and kept her there captive and you know, he, he just saw her and he thought she was the most beautiful thing in the world and he wanted to keep her for himself. And so she she couldn't leave. She couldn't go anywhere. He had soldiers all over the place and they fell in love and they had amazing sex and just all of these things. And when I was reading the story, I was like, where's her family? How come, you know, no one has posted an alert? And yeah. these books sell. And yeah. women really buy into the, these stories of, of unhealthy relationships and toxic relationships. You can look at, you know, a, a recent popular one just from a few years ago, uh, Gray, or Fifty yeah. Shades of Gray. Uh-huh. And even that story, it's completely toxic and unhealthy, mm-hmm. but somehow they found a way to, to glorify it.
1: Uh huh, and I and I think too, you know, Orge, you're absolutely right with that. That there's some element that women need to be rescued, and that we're not like we can't stand on our own, or we can't live life and do the things that um, we're so good at. A lot of us um on our own, or that because we need someone else to validate who we are as women.
0: Yes, and I think
1: as a culture or as a society we romanticize uh, being in a relationship especially for women I, I was having this conversation with my husband the other day I hope it's okay for me to, to say this yeah sure um but I was having this conversation with my um husband the other day about um just not needing his validation to um especially for my business I like This is something that I'm solid in. I know this is um, who I am. This is a part of what I feel like I've been called to do for this season. And I apologize in advance, but I'm not gonna ask your permission because I don't need it. I don't need your permission. And for some reason, we feel like um, having someone else validates who we are as women. And that's just not true. It's not their job to do that. It's our job to do that for ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. would you would you find would you say that you know this expectation sometimes um, destroys a relationship, the the unhealthy expectations that we put on each other?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think it holds us back like if we put that responsibility on someone else to define who we are that then, it, then we, we are held back to some degree.
0: Yes. and mm-hmm. yeah. But to touch on the point that you also mentioned um, about, you know, expectations prior to that, when you were saying, you know, hey, I don't need your permission. I recalled, you know, going to church one day and a friend and I were just talking. And I think like a, a church boy came up to us and, and was like, oh, you girls are beautiful. How come you're not married? And my friend was a lot more offended than I was because in my mind I know that this is their thought process that if you're a great woman you have to be married you have to be in a relationship that's leading somewhere and if you're not married then you know you don't have that validation he didn't ask how you are he didn't ask about your life he specifically asked you know when are you gonna hurry up and get a husband so that you could be a worthy woman Mm. Wow yeah and that's that to me is very unhealthy but i didn't yeah. blame him for him be, blame him for it because it's his upbringing it's what he was taught my friend on the other hand took great offense and gave him a good tongue lashing <laughs> good for her yes all right do you feel upbringing contributes to unhealthy relationships
1: yes um when we start looking at relationships especially with me being a Marriage and Family therapists. what I find is that our very first relationships, which is usually our relationships with our parents, um, set the foundation for every other relationship. So if our parents aren't present or if our parents are inconsistent, then we typically find that we choose relationships that um, are not present or partners that are not present or um, partners that are inconsistent because that is what we're used to
0: okay and do you feel that I know we touched on expectations and unhealthy expectations towards our partners but do you feel that the expectations that we place on ourselves as well as our partners the unhealthy expectations do you feel that that also stems from childhood
1: Yes, yes, certainly. Um, I have to use a, a personal example um, because I struggle, and I think I've shared this with you privately, on um, abandonment stuff. And so typically when we find people who are or have been abandoned in childhood or struggle with abandonment issues um, later in life that they tend to overwork or overperform. And it's it's just because they're looking for that attention or that love. And so I've had to be intentional, number one, on getting my own healing. Like I I had to pursue my own healing journey so that I'm not doing things or behaving in a way to get attention from other people um, because I didn't get it when I was young. And so those expectations that I, I was placing on myself, and people do it all the time, they place these unreal expectations on themselves that are rooted in something else.
0: Yes, and no. a lot of... Continue.
1: No, no, go ahead.
0: I was just saying that um, a lot of people, when they place this expectation on themselves, they, it's very difficult for them to even identify what is rooted, like where it's coming from. They can't identify why they're doing it. They just know that they have to. Yeah. And
1: that's... That's so
0: good. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, even through my experience just watching other people, I'll tell you a quick story. But I do notice that a lot of women would they they're fun in the beginning of the relationship when they're together and they're having fun with their man and then their man's like you know what I can live a life with this girl like she is amazing uh-huh. and then they put a ring on it they get married and then you know first year of the the marriage they then change and this expectation that the the woman has in her mind of what a wife is supposed to be she then starts taking it on and trying to be this perfect wife that she thinks would be beneficial to her husband and then they start to have problems in their relationship because the husband never asked her to change yeah and yeah. so would would that be considered an unhealthy expectation on yourself
1: Yes, yes, that is, and I think we talked about a little bit earlier how society helps shape that. And I know I'm a Christian, and so a lot of times, like when I'm in church, or I've heard over time the uh, Proverbs 31 woman. And if you've ever read anything about the Proverbs 31 woman, she was perfect. <laughs> she, she worked and she took care of her household and she rose early and she like she had all of these things that I'm like, wait, wait, hold up. I don't like getting out of bed early in the morning. I I tend to overwork sometimes and my house not be cleaned. So I really feel like, um, particularly women, we take on these these expectations that are sometimes just not good. And they're rooted in other things or from other places or from society or culture even.
0: Yes. So
1: I think that's, that's so good.
0: Yes. And, and that's something that I I kind of wish, like even you touched on earlier that, you know, women, um, and that could be men as well, might not have figured out or learned how to assess their, their inner environment compared to their outer environment. And that's something that I learned, you know, in my 20s from a book that um, Oprah had on her channel once. She mentioned it and I thought, okay, well, I'll just read the book. I still haven't finished the book because it's so fat. I was like, oh, my God, I can read a book that fat if it was fantasy. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like the first chapter or second chapter in it started talking about, learning to assess your inner environment and your outer environment and it kind of described what your inner environment is which is kind of like the emotions that you feel and your outer yeah. environment is what you're what you're tackling with on a daily basis what people are saying with you the amount of noise that's coming at you and how you need to separate what's coming at you from the external and then also yeah. t- taking the time to figure out what you're feeling inside and then choosing how you're going to handle it.
1: Yes, yes, which is so important. And I, I think even in relationships, something my husband and I have gotten into the practice of doing is sitting down every night after the children have gone to sleep and we shut down our day or beginning to shut down our day and having that conversation about, hey, how is your day? How are you doing? Is there something that I can help you with? And just balancing that, or even having a conversation about what's going on inwardly, and how are, how it is everything that's going on outwardly, or that outer um, environment, like you were just talking about, influencing what's going on inside. And and even with relationships, like we have to um, know how to communicate. Like communication helps to to counteract a lot of things it really does And those expectations that um, people just bring into the relationships of how they think they should be or the type of partner they feel like they should be communication will help dispel some of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially if you're checking in on your relationship as you should be you should be having those hard conversations like what is it that you want from me like i remember asking my husband like, what type of wife do um have did you envision having because we needed to have those hard conversations so that we can make sure that we're meeting each other's needs inside the relationship
0: Mm, I do know a lot of people are afraid to have that conversation and fear is definitely rooted in not having conversations or you know having that communication and sometimes fear can can make sure that you don't comprehend what is being said because fear is that voice in your head that's saying, oh, you can't do that. That's too hard. That's too much work. But it's like you weren't listening. What Simpson might be saying is very basic and very simple and your mind just decided to make it into a mountain.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and
0: that's possible, yeah. So sometimes I'm like, you know, friends would tell me stories or girls would tell me stories, and I'm like, that really isn't bad, how are you stressing? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: our minds do that. It really does, so quieting the mind is really an issue, and I know that women are overthinkers, and there are certain men out there that are overthinkers as well, but for some apparent reason, they've mastered how to quiet their minds where women we can only quiet our minds by speaking outwards yeah that's true (laughs) that's true so you know it's finding the right person to have these conversations with you know particularly a therapist i'm just putting it out there guys we have a therapist (laughs) here talk to her a little bit go on her facebook group and if you have something that you want to put out there, you have a group of women who have been through it and would be able to coach you through it. And just just saying.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Orkin. And <laughs> I, I think, too, like, I push very strongly for people to have accountability partners. Like, I think it's good to have friends, and we should have friends, uh, given that they're good and healthy friends. But I also feel like they're that you should have someone that is going to hold you accountable. Accountable for what you say. Accountable for what you're not saying. Accountable for your actions. And just someone that you can um, bounce your life off of. Like, this is what's going on. This is what's going on with me. This is what's going on with me and my partner. And they're going to be the person that holds you accountable for what you're doing or not doing. But not they're also going to And not be afraid to challenge you. And everyone needs a person like that in
0: their life. Yes, every everyone does. And I feel like if you if you're in a relationship where you don't have any growth, where you're the you're the one doing most of the work with with the growth aspect, and you are not taking the time to develop yourself, that's not healthy. Yes,
1: agree. Yes.
0: All right. So with your relationship voice academy group on facebook how would you assist a client who has normalized unhealthy relationships in their minds
1: well i hate to say this because it sounds so crazy that it is so common for people to to normalize unhealthy relationships so what you said at the beginning we're talking about healthy versus unhealthy That is how you coach someone into really evaluating how they're viewing relationships. And that's just with truth and telling them, like, this is what normal looks like. And if you're encountering something that is not along the lines of this, then the chances are the relationship that you're in is not healthy.
0: But what if you get that pushback? What if you get that, that pushback? Again. You know you know how people are like, when you're telling them that this is unhealthy. This is what a healthy mm-hmm. relationship looks like. This is unhealthy. And you're explaining that to them and you're giving them the process to understand and maybe shift the way that they're handling situation. Yeah. And you're talking to them about it. They will give you pushback. And that push, that pushback could be, hey, well, you don't know our relationship. We're completely happy. You know it's how do you handle that as a therapist
1: i just give them space and because it, it's not my job to make you believe something that is true that is something that you have to do for yourself like, i put the information out there and whether or not you uh, receive it or not that's completely on you like i remember um when i was going to through grad school through my graduate program um getting trained as a therapist and my professor would say once you hear something you cannot unhear it so i have to trust that once i've put it out there that this person now is responsible for what they've heard Mm. and what they do with that it's on them i can't force them it's on them and when they're ready i'm here
0: oh that's beautiful that support yeah. system that majority of us feels like we don't have.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: So now that we're, we're on that topic of what you, you just said, we're going to go back to romanticizing. You had mentioned earlier when we talked about romanticizing of, of unhealthy relationship, and you had mentioned women needing to be saved. The funny thing is, the comment that I wanted to make about that was, That majority of these books that are written where a woman need to be saved is by women. So now I'm starting to think that women have this fantasy of wanting to be saved by a strong, rich, handsome, godlike looking man. And these books sell. They sell so great. You have Fifty Shades of Grey that's doing really well even though the relationship that they're in is completely toxic and unhealthy. And I was even talking to a friend at work about this, and she was even saying like there's certain series that she won't watch because they're always showing this woman always in a damsel in distress, and she's like, there's no growth. She's like, I love watching a show where a a meek woman, because the Bible says to be meek, is to be a woman of yeah. God. And they just kind of of transition this woman from being this meek, weak, not having any power or control over her life to becoming a woman that controls over her life and she some she she says that she pr- prefers that story over over stories where the woman's always the damsel
1: yeah
0: so some books end with women taking back their power but in reality stories would end with and real stories wouldn't end with a happy ending if a woman took back her power because some of these men in the books if you put that into real life they didn't pick you as a partner for that purpose Yes. They picked yes. you as a partner because they wanted someone to control and it was what they needed. Yeah, And they're making yeah. it seem like the romanticizing situation is, is making it seem that, oh, if I give him that control over my life, he's going to then love me. But is that yeah. love? When you don't no. give them what they want anymore would they not discard you and find something else? Because number one, they're handsome. They got money. They got it together. They don't need you. They could just replace you at any time. Yeah, yeah. So why is that romanticized?
1: Yeah. And I think the reality is you can be replaced at any time, whether you're giving them what they need or not. That's the reality. That's number one. But but I feel like the is well, what you described, because um, I was listening and I'm like, oh, that's so, that's so, um, I can see all these therapy terms in there. But um, what you described were two insecure people mm. and two people that struggle with identity and knowing what they have, who they are and what they have to offer. And I feel like women who have not worked it out, or men who have not worked that out, they enter into these relationships expecting for the person to to save them or to be something um, for them that they did not get, going back to that upbringing organ, somewhere in their lives. And for, for women, just because we were talking about women needing to be saved, I feel like we've spent so many years, centuries, Um, just trying to, or waiting on someone else to validate who we are as women, that we miss out on the opportunity to just say, stop, let me take this time to figure out who I am, um, what I bring to the table, what my own power is so that I'm not entering into a relationship with a guy, um, for him to validate who I am as a woman.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't need
1: anybody to do that. I can do that for myself. I know I am a woman. I am secure in who I am. I am secure in all of these qualities that I have inwardly and outwardly.
0: What if what you just said could be turned against you? Does that, people would say, if you're saying that you got it together, you don't need any validation. Mm. They would say, okay, you don't need a man and a man needs to be feel to be to feel like they're needed. What would be your rebuttal to that?
1: Well, I, I do agree that men need to feel needed. I feel like any partner that enters your life, um, they need to know that there's space for them. And I don't feel like being secure in who you are says that I I don't have any space to welcome you in. It says that I don't have, I have space to welcome you in, but it's from a healthier perspective. It's I choose to be with you because I genuinely enjoy spending time with you. I want to make a life with you because I can see my life moving forward, not backwards or staying the same but moving forward in a way that you're doing what you feel secure, that you've been called to do. I'm doing what I am called to do, and we can help support each other. There's more balance.
0: Mm -hmm. Does Does that make sense? Yes, because I was trying to figure out how to explain to the audience that it's okay to be independent and love yourself and be secure in yourself and still be in a relationship that you also need as well a healthy yeah. relationship that you need as well. And a lot of people aren't having that conversation where they're saying it's okay to be independent and be the CEO of your own life and still yeah. go home and be in a loving, prosperous relationship.
1: Yes, yes. Because it's lonely. Like when you're independent, you get lonely. I mean, that's just facts. But I need my husband to say, hey, I got you. I support you when I feel like giving up and i can still be secure and strong and independent in some aspects but still rely and depend on him to be that support that i need when i when i'm not feeling it
0: which is perfect that support system yeah, it's yeah. Do, do you feel that low self esteem and self worth contributes to the tolerance in unhealthy relationship 100%
1: 100%. 100% is when we struggle with our self worth and self value, we tend to accept things in relationships that we shouldn't. Mm. I, 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 like, I love reality TV. I have to be honest in that. Really? Especially, like, the, the ratchet girl, like, the ratchet reality TV. <laughs> like, I like that stuff. <laughs> but uh, what I see so often is women. And they could be beautiful, like beautiful, have all this money and all this fame and, like, anything that you could, like, us common people, like, we crave this life that they have. But they're with men who cheat on them repeatedly. Or they with men who, who just disrespect them and don't value who they are. That's, that's low self-worth. And even though you have all of that stuff going on, have it all together in ways that us common people just, you know, envy you. Inwardly, you're, you're struggling with self-worth, self-doubt, and, um, self-respect. Like you don't you don't know how to set boundaries with other people. You have all these things going on. So yes, I do believe that self-worth and all of that stuff could contribute to unhealthy relationships.
0: Wow. I wish I could say that I love reality shows with you, but I don't. The only reality show I watch <laughs> is the news. Donald Trump, yeah. Johnny Depp, and Amber Heard, Brit- free Britney. Yeah. That's it's the only That's <laughs> the only reality I can watch. Yeah, I, I don't have to think when I'm doing it, so I just you know. I it,
1: just it's up a nice
0: escape. Box. It's a nice escape, but it kind of sucks because it's with reality. It's 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 seeing them be so pathetic in the the prosperous life that they have that just hurts my spirit
1: (laughs) yeah
0: because i was like how do you (laughs) so some people enjoy it and for me it just i just can't watch i just can't yeah so please explain what a healthy relationship should look like and what are things women should keep in mind
1: oh that's so good i think we've touched on it so many times throughout um, healthy relationships it's just that self-respect and being with someone who values you for you but also give you space to evolve because we we will grow we will change um we will adapt to some things as well but just being with someone who, who mutually um, respects you and you as well respect them but also value you for who you are Hmm. In a nutshell, that's a healthy relationship.
0: I feel like even the story I told you earlier about the guy who was looking for a woman that would accept him completely for who he is. But he also yeah. felt that she needed to accept him for who he is without change. And is he doesn't realize that he is looking for someone to inha- enable him. Yeah. The, they could see it exactly the way that you defined it just now wow so what are things women should keep in mind really like on a deeper level that is not enabling their bad toxic behavior
1: absolutely i am big on boundaries and i feel like women should keep in mind that even in a marriage if you're in a marriage that they're still are boundaries and boundaries do exist? But you should still have those, and then there should never be a time that you are sacrificing who you are, what you want, what you desire for someone. There should that should never be a time. And I feel like um, even in relationships that are long term, that women tend to begin a little bit more than men do, or compromise a little bit more than. Them men do and i think a lot of that societal income like those expectations that we are talking about earlier but i feel like if uh, women should keep in mind that it's absolutely okay for you you to be your own person and to exist in a relationship
0: oh wow i like that i like that you're saying that it's 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 okay be you And find the right relationship where you can continue to be you and to grow, and your partner grows with you, and you just have adventures together. Even if it's small, it doesn't have to be boring. (laughs) Yes, yes. A lot of people need to find that excitement in their life. Yes, you're married with kids, but take that moment to go out and say, okay, grandma. Please take care of the kids and go out and do something yeah. foolish together.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we do that.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's a good marriage. Let's talk yeah. about the importance of healthy relationships. So how um, that affects mental and physical health.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I have mental and physical health. Um, it's, it's almost amazing how another person impacts us. I, if we really think about the, the interaction that goes into play between um, a, when you're in a relationship with another person, when that person is hurt, we're hurt. Or if that person experiences joy, then we experience joy along with them. So if something's going on in that relationship where the relationship has become unhealthy or maybe going through particular life struggles or transitions or issues, then that also impacts our mental health. And we know that our mental health, if our mental health is not good, then our physical health is not good either. Like it's it's almost unreal that you're gonna have someone whose physical health is um is like top shape. Like they're they're in top shape in there, you know have all these abs and all this stuff and their mental health is bad. It's it's almost unreal because physical health also impacts our mental health. So all of these things are interrelated, if I can you know just kind of sum that up. Everything is interrelated. We don't exist. Our bodies are not islands. So we can't separate our mental from our physical or our emotional. All of that's interrelated. So our relationship with another person will impact every other aspect of our lives, which is why you should be careful who you go into relationship with.
0: Mm-hmm. And learning how I do notice that you have a video up on your, um, find your relationship voice page, where you talk about learning how to, to recognize when it's, when it's time to, I guess, move yeah. on. And that is something yes. that a lot of people need to learn. Um, in what you just specified is if it's yeah. not working for you you do what you have to do to to make sure that you know that there's nothing else that you can do before walking away but that discomfort as you mentioned in that video yeah is something that yeah. a lot of people cannot differentiate they could feel they might think that that discomfort that you're talking about that they're feeling to shift mm-hmm. Um, could be just maybe something that they're struggling with their mental health or something emotional that they're going through and they think that it will pass. But how would they know that that discomfort means that they needed to move on?
1: I don't think all the time that we will know without someone else holding us accountable or someone else to just bounce that off of that's going to be honest with us. And I feel like we rationalize it. When we see these unhealthy behaviors in relationships, we tend to rationalize, like, oh, it's not really that bad. Or, oh, he just did that one time, and, you know, but that's not really who he is or who she is. We rationalize these things because our hearts want to believe that the other person is good. Like, we want to believe that. We're attracted to them for a reason. So we rationalize or tend to rationalize we really should be um, looking at these things from a more of an objective lens. But once your heart is in it, it's hard to do that. So it's important that you have someone that um, is going to be honest with you about what they see from that relationship or in that relationship.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some practices that individuals can contribute to their personal growth, which will enable them to foster healthy relationships? That could be friendships or intimacy. And while you're at it, can you define intimacy?
1: Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm gonna tackle the first part of that first. Okay. Um, so some practices that will contribute to your personal growth. Um, is number one, taking care of yourself. I have built into my schedule every day an hour of time that I'm absolutely doing nothing or I'm doing something that I want to do. And I feel like in order for you to personally grow, you have to have those moments that you allow for yourself to stick with what you're thinking, uh, what's going on in your life, and you're processing that inwardly or outwardly. I journal, so that's outwardly, but still processing inward. It's both. But we have to have those moments where we're really evaluating who we are, we're evaluating our lives, but we're also taking time to slow down and take care of our emotional needs, which is what we call self-care and self-love, which I I preach all the time. We should be taking care of ourselves um, from every aspect. So that contributes to personal growth. And also what um, contributes to personal growth is knowing when to let go. We have to Know, um, like we were just talking about in relationships or or anything, when you know, it is time for us to move forward and be willing to let go of what we thought our lives should be or what we thought a relationship should be, in order to grow, we have to let be willing to let go when we need to let go. So that contributes to personal growth. And then the second part, when you say um, intimacy. The, the term that I hear so so, so um, common with intimacy. It means into me, I see. Mm. So the person sees a part of you, which requires for you to be vulnerable. And that's a whole other conversation when we're talking about being vulnerable. But with intimacy, you have to allow that person to let your guards down enough to allow that person to see parts of you that you're afraid of to sh- to show to other people. So if you're insecure, intimacy says, I'm letting my guard down to let this person see how insecure I am so that um, I can form, hopefully form a deeper bond with them where um, I can be insecure in some areas, but yet they can make me feel secure in um, in my insecurity, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, that's a a situation where you have complete trust in that person, to know that there's no judgment, to know that they completely understand and empathize with what you're going through and sympathize with what you're going through. Absolutely. Are there such people in the world?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, there there are people like that in the world. It it just says that you see who I am, yet you still choose to stay. Mm. and like that's the deep like that's a deep loving caring relationship and it is hard like nowadays like we don't see relationships or marriages lasting for years and years and years like you know we saw in in older generations but it is possible it takes work it takes dedication and it does take you being vulnerable in order at both partners being vulnerable in order to form that level of intimacy and relation in their relationship
0: Mm, okay so a lot of people say that they have communications issues but when it comes to taking or talking about the type of relationships that they're looking for or what they want out of a relationship they seem to be stuck on your facebook group find your relationship voice academy Explain why this is important.
1: Sure. Um, When we talk about being stuck, um, I I attribute it to a, I want to move forward, but I just don't know how to, or I've tried to move forward and what I've tried did not work. And so you end up right back in a particular situation. And um, I I don't feel like we always have those skills to be able to put language, or like you were talking about that communication, language to why exactly am I feeling stuck? And so in the Find Your Relationship Voice group, I talk a lot about communication skills and conflict issues and and how it's so important for us to um, really think back to why or how did we end up where we are as I feel like we move forward or try to move forward without really addressing well how did we end up where we are and we have to go back to the foundation because remember how our foundation started determines how we interact now in relationships. And even in our lives and like how we deal with communication issues or how we deal with who do we trust and how do we go about trusting them. like All of this stuff started from our foundation. And so in the Find Your Relationship Voice um, group, I, I would do a lot of communication stuff, a lot of boundary stuff, a lot of eva- self-evaluating where you are, where you want to be. And, and my goal is to really get people to start thinking about their lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Because you have
1: to start thinking about your life. People will go through life and go through relationships and not slow down and really think about their behaviors or their patterns or their cycles that they're continuously going in. Um, And that's insanity. You keep doing things the same way and expecting different results but ending up stuck. That's insanity. So I want to train you to stop. Think about where you are. And let's figure out how you get there so that we can make plans to move
0: forward. Mm-hmm. All right. I am sure there are more factors that contribute to fostering healthy relationships. My opinion yeah. of, of attributes for me specifically is um, communication, um, honesty, loyalty, respect. Uh, I think those are my top four. So what are other factors in your opinion that contributes to fostering healthy relationships
1: no i think you hit it, all the good ones Cause so i feel like any other ones you you can work through those if you have the foundations which are all the ones that you you just said i will only add to that is boundaries
0: Ooh. that's the only other
1: thing that i would add to that once you have all those into play or oh, we can work we can work
0: some things out Okay. (laughs) Boundaries. (laughs) That's very hard for people that are super giving.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it
0: is. (laughs) And just so empathetic. Yeah. 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 So in our... Okay. So in our introduction podcast interview, you had expressed as a therapist that when you find yourself doing most of the work with your clients, then you take a step back. In relationships, that can be extremely hard when hope is such a strong desire in an in an invi- in an individual. What would be your advice to anyone struggling in an unhealthy relationship?
1: I, I would have to say to say, take a step back. Um, anytime any time you feel that you're beginning to change, or that you're having to make more adjustments than necessary inside of a relationship. And there's not an equal adjustment or there's not an equal, um, exchange. Um, if you're, you're the one that's always apologizing, or if you're the person that's always reaching out to the person, or if you're there for them, but they're not there for you. Um, I would say take a step back and really just evaluate, um, what are my goals in this relationship? What are my expectations? Are they uh, unreal? Is what I'm asking for from this other person unreal? Or is this what I need in order to make a relationship or make this relationship work? Do I feel like this person is capable of fulfilling these needs or expectations? Or um, is the other person even trying? So I would Just take a step back and just evaluate inwardly first, evaluate yourself, and then evaluate the relationship.
0: Mm, Okay. Keep in mind that everyone is different. So when do you know that something is not working for you?
1: When it's not working for you. (laughs) That's, That's when you know when it's no longer working for you. If you're always irritated or you're not looking forward to seeing this person and you uh, dread the time that you're going to be spending with them or if you're unable to move forward, if you're still feeling stuck, if you still feel like there's some kind of void missing in your heart, in your life, but yet you're still with this person or if you still feel alone and you're in partnership with someone. Then chances are something may not be working now it may be something that's going on inside of you but something's not working mm. something is not working so i think these are some things that you you just kind of take a look at
0: okay all right so breaking away from bad habits after you have left an unhealthy relationship um, that can be difficult So what would be some new habits that you would encourage individuals to start practicing?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I think um, one thing that I would like to say, like when you're leaving an unhealthy relationship, you have to take a moment to grieve the loss of that relationship, particularly if it was someone you really loved or cared about. That's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Like, how do you leave an unhealthy relationship? And now, now what? What do I do? Do I find someone else, or what do I do? Do I spend some time to myself? And my my response would be, spend some time to yourself. I wouldn't immediately jump into another relationship after um, a breakup.
0: But it's so easy, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) distraction. It's distraction. You have to take some time to to really weigh out what happened in that relationship and how was it something that you did? Um, is it something that you need to go see a therapist about so that you're not taking those issues, and those problems, or even what happened in that relationship into a relationship with someone else?
0: Hmm. And yeah. a lot of people don't don't think about that. Because it's so easy to jump into another relationship Mm -hmm. with somebody else. But what you're signing up for is new problems.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) And no one seems to get it.
1: No, they don't. And I, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, you follow you everywhere that you go. Like I don't understand. I changed I changed houses or I changed locations and I moved somewhere else and I started over and I did all of these things to make changes in my in my life and I'm back in the same position but a different location. Like it's because you follow you everywhere. Yes. And at some point you have to stop and deal with you.
0: And also that toxicity that you brought with you never leaves until you let it go. <laughs> yeah. So how are you supposed to start anew if you're still stuck in the old?
1: Yes. Yes. It won't happen. It won't happen.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. So that concludes our podcast episode. How do you feel, my dear?
1: I am loving the topic. Um, As you know, my goal is to see I want every person to win in life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I love that we're delving into these topics so that people can take them and evaluate their own lives so that they can just create lives that are healthy and, you know, healthy lives create healthy families and healthy families create healthy communities. And um, so I'm loving what you're doing with
0: thank you and so i would ask that you repeat your facebook page one more time
1: yes you can reach me at dr tiffany ross on facebook um or instagram and the find your relationship voice academy is the group that we've been talking about throughout and that's also on facebook
0: okay perfect so she is open to um appointments so guys take this opportunity to take advantage of the services that she has to offer. She is a great therapist and she has a lot to offer and she most likely have been through what you've been through and can actually help you to process through things that you are struggling with. So she is available, contact her, check out her website. What is your website again?
1: It's drtiffanyross.com and those spots are very limited. I am actually closing in on the individual slots that I'm taking because I'm getting ready to launch a group program that will begin in April. Um, it will start with a free seven-day retreat on April the 12th. So make sure you tune in to my social media um, sites to stay, stay abreast of what I'm doing.
0: Okay, perfect. So follow her on all of her social media. Add yourself to her Facebook page and be ready for that free seven days trust me that three seven days is going to be crucial to you going forward so take advantage of it yeah all right thank you so much for joining us today dr ross and i hope you have a wonderful day thank you so much i hope you guys all enjoyed the show today don't forget to click the follow button under TAO Intentions Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out our TAO social media pages. Uh, Facebook is at The Ambitious Obsession and Twitter and Instagram is at The Ambitious Obs. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day.